All right, well, welcome everyone to Blackhawk Church. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and uh, happy Easter, everyone. So it is so great to be able to see all of you here. Um, uh, and okay, let's just do something right here. I'm saying hi to everybody who is in the room right now. Would you join me for just a minute in saying hi to everyone who is joining us online right now? So would you join me in welcoming everyone online, Blackhawk Church online? We are so glad that you're all joining us as well as we've got other groups too. Welcome to uh, Blackhawk Downtown. Man, so great to see you all. Welcome to Blackhawk Fitchburg. Welcome to all of you across the hall in Blackhawk Fusion and down the hall a little bit in our traditions venue. Welcome to all of our Chinese speakers, to you, Dijon Zime Ping An, and to all of our uh, Spanish speaking folks who are a part of our church. Bienvenidos a Blackhawk. Estamos muy contentos de que estén con nosotros. So we are one church in a lot of different locations and it's great to be able to be together on an Easter morning like this. You know, there's a, there's a tradition that we do in, in the church world on Easter where someone like me stands up front and says the words, he is risen, and everybody responds by saying... Yes, that's so right. Yeah, and uh, okay, so I've, told, I've shared this story before. I have, a, um, I have a sister and brother-in-law who live in South Florida. They're part of a church down there, and my brother-in-law wasn't really familiar with this tradition, you know, of, of, of saying that. And so he shows up at church on Easter and, and walks in. Someone's handing him a bulletin and, and says to him, he is risen. My brother-in-law pauses, looks at him, and goes, Absolutely. <laughs> Which frankly, in my opinion, I think that fits just a little bit better. How many of us actually use the word indeed all that long? So I thought all sites, all venues, this could be fun to kind of change it up a little bit today and say absolutely instead when I say he is risen. Are you all up for that? So I'm gonna say it, you all say your part. It'll be a new tradition. All sites, all venues, he is risen. Come on, I love that, that's fantastic. So, man, we are so glad you're here. If this is your first time at Blackhawk, welcome. Uh, we're just really glad that you are getting a chance to, uh, to be here with us. So, to, to start off our time, I actually wanna do a little experiment on stage for just a minute. And in light of that, I need some help from somebody. I've already asked someone to come up on stage and help, um, help with this. So I have a new friend named Blake. He is somewhere in the room right now and I am wondering if he can make his way up on stage right now. Blake, can you make your way up here? And can everybody give a round of applause for Blake as he's on his way up? What's up, buddy? How are you? Here, turn this way so everybody can see you for just a minute. So this is Blake, and uh, here, Blake, I've got a microphone for you for just a minute. Can you hold that? You see, you're important now. You got a microphone. You can just take over. So, all right, and, and Blake, can you um, tell everybody how old you are? Six. Awesome. And what grade are you in? First grade. First grade. And... Um, this was interesting to me. So we were looking for, you know, somebody to be a part of this. We were asking right before the service. Blake, how many times have you been to Blackhawk before? My first time. This is his first time here today with his family. That's awesome. Man, I tell you. Well, thanks for being with us. Here, I'll take the microphone from you because we're going to do a little experiment. Okay, so are you, um, are you a Peeps fan? Do you like Peeps? Yeah, I do too. Well, okay, why don't you take that? Okay, put that in your pocket, you know, so you can eat it later. I'll put one in my pocket too, so I can eat it later. That'll be great. But I actually have something different. I've got this big mega peep. 
right here. Okay, but this one isn't edible. This is um, non-edible, I guess you could say, all right? So here's what I'm gonna do. We're gonna do an experiment. I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna hop up on this ladder and I'm gonna put the peep up in the air. I'm gonna let go of it. And uh, what do you think, what do you think potentially, here, grab that for just a minute. What do you think will happen with the peep when I let go of it up there? It'll drop. Right, okay. So in light of that, do you think, could you be my catcher? I need a catcher at the bottom. So, all right. Can we give Blake a hand for being a part of this right now? Okay, so Blake, you come stand. Come stand right there. Okay, I'm gonna climb up the ladder, okay? And I'm gonna go, no, I'm not. So I'll just stay here. That'll be good, all right? Blake, you look like you're way down there. Okay, so I'm gonna hold the peep up like this. I'm gonna count to three, and then I'm gonna drop it, and your job is to catch it, okay? You ready? You feeling good? Do you need to stretch out or anything? Or you, no, you're good. Okay, all right. So here, we're gonna, here we go. Okay, ready? One, two. Okay, wait, one more thing. Sorry. Uh, when I drop it, I'm actually going to drop it on four. Okay, so I'm going to do one, two, three, then drop. Okay, does that make sense? All right, okay, here we go. Ready? One, two. Okay, wait, sorry, one more thing. Uh, another thing. You need to be, like, if you drop it, it ain't no big thing. Okay, there's a lot of grace in this place right now. It's Easter, so it's good, all right? Okay, feeling good? Let's do this. Can we give a drum roll? All sites, all venues, drum roll right now for Blake as he's getting ready to do this. All right, bud, you ready? Here we go. This is big. Ready? One, two, three. Yeah, come on. That was fantastic. Blake, fist bump. So thanks so much. Hey, and by the way, you just get to keep that. Happy Easter. Oh, wait, wait, wait. And hey, I know your, your little sister, Brooke, she might like peeps, so take a couple of those for her too, all right? Can we give him a round of applause one more time? You can kind of hop on down, head back to your family, man. Thanks so much. Thanks. So, you know, okay, let's, let's pull the audience for just a minute. Who was, was anyone surprised by the fact that the peep actually dropped? Like you weren't thinking like, okay, I hold it and it floats up in the air, right? It's gonna drop. In fact, if I were to, let's say I pulled Blake back up here and we did this right now a hundred times. How many of you would think peep will drop a hundred times? So yeah, 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 yeah. And it's going to do that because of a little natural law that we have in our world that actually has probably, it doesn't just cause peeps to fall, it actually has caused us to fall probably sometime in our life, this natural law. So that when we hold a peep up there, we let it go. Peeps fall to the ground because of? Gravity. Yeah, wait, did, did someone say Jesus? So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I know it's Easter, and so Jesus is the answer for everything, but we're gonna go, <laughs> we're, we're gonna go with gravity. So be, because of gravity, peeps fall to the ground. It's just a simple cause and effect. Well, thanks so much for being here. So let me close in prayer. Glad that you, uh, we got through. <laughs> so cause and effect, really you think about it. We live by cause and effect in so much of our lives. It's the reason why we use the word because so often. You know, I, I, like you think about it, in a day you might say, well, uh, because I'm hungry, I'm gonna go get a snack. You know, or because my feet are cold in the morning, I'm gonna throw socks on. You know, um, because it's baseball season, I'm wearing brewer gear more often right now than I do other times of the year. Or uh, because we live in Wisconsin, we are still wearing heavy coats even though it's Easter. You know, I mean, we could go down the line of cause and effect. Well, one thing you might notice, the title for the message today is Because He Lives. 
which is really what we celebrate here at Easter. He is risen, he is risen indeed, or he is risen, absolutely. So because he lives, what? How do we answer that question? What's the effect that it actually has on us? That's what I wanna talk about for a little bit of time today. And in order to do that, um, I, I feel like I need, to, I need to share some stuff. Some of you may have heard this around here on a regular basis, but for a lot of people, maybe you haven't come around here, you haven't heard this before, and so I wanna take us back all the way to the beginning and kind of walk through some of the story of Scripture. In, in the beginning, God, God creates the world, and he creates the world that we live in, he creates it perfect. And as a grand finale of his creation, he creates human beings, and he creates us perfect to be in, in perfect relationship with him. But you see, then humans decided that rather than, rather than doing things God's way, being obedient to God, instead they wanted to do things their own way. And, and because God is a, is a loving God, he gave us the right to be able to make our own decisions. I mean, you think about it in relationships, there's no way to force someone to love someone. And so God gave freedom. And so because of that, human beings moved away from God, disobeyed, went their own direction, and sin entered the world. And because of that sin that entered the world, it has affected every human being who has ever lived on the planet. And basically, you look at it, sin broke the world. Because of sin, the world is broken. I mean, I think that regardless of where you're at on your spiritual journey, you would agree with me on, on that subject. All you have to do is just open your phone and click on your favorite news app. You see the world is broken. You see, and it's broken because of the effect of sin. Sin has affected every one of our lives. But the other piece that's true is <laughs> every single one of us have contributed to the issue of sin because of things that we've done in our own life. And the problem is God is perfect. And God demands perfection. God can't have anything to do with sin. And because of that, because we're sinful, God's perfect. It creates this chasm between us and God to where we are not able to be in right relationship with him. He can't have anything to do with us as sinful people. And so with us being sinful, we have no way to be able to fix it. We have no way to be able to become perfect on our own ability again. And this was the problem that God saw in the world, so God sent his son, Jesus, which is what we celebrate. It, it, Jesus came into this world, the thing that was different about Jesus, that he lived the life that we were originally supposed to live. He lives this perfect life, sinless. So, and, and, and because of that, the religious leaders of the day had no idea what to do with Jesus. They didn't understand him and they hated him. And because of that, they falsely accused him and they sentenced him to a brutal death on a cross. But the thing was, that was all part of God's plan. You see, as Jesus hung on that cross, the worst part of being on the cross was not the physical pain of being on that cross. It was this was part of God's plan where Jesus, as he was on the cross, took on to himself the sin of every human being who had ever lived on the planet. All of our brokenness, all of our screw-ups, all of our mistakes, all of our guilt, all of our shame. He took he, all the injustice, he took all of it on to himself. He absorbed it into himself. And as that took place, 
God the Father, his wrath for our sin was poured out onto his son. And it killed him. Cause and effect. Because of sin, Jesus died. That's what we've been looking at through this weekend. But today is Sunday. And so that's just the beginning of the story. If you have your Bibles, if you brought them with you, if you have a device, you normally look at your Bible. Uh, turn with me right now to Luke, the book of Luke chapter 24. Luke 24. For those of you who don't have that, we're going to have it on the screens as well. Now here's something to know. The first four books of the New Testament, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, each one has an account of the resurrection. This one particular written by Luke, we're going to look at for a reason that we'll get at in just a minute. But Luke chapter 24, starting with verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Okay, something to realize here. These women are on their way to the tomb. Why? Because Jesus is dead. You see, in the followers of Jesus at this point, they thought that the movement Jesus had begun, which they were really excited about, was over. They have, they have scattered out of fear. They are in hiding, afraid that what happened to Jesus potentially would happen to them. And these women, out of respect and love for Jesus, they are on their way to embalm a dead body and walk away because they think things are over. But everything is about to change. Let's go to verse two. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Okay, now, Something interesting to know about the book of Luke in particular, the book of Luke written by Luke. Luke was a, was a medical doctor. And, and, and something that's interesting is you read the book of Luke, there are moments where you see medical precision kind of written in to this book of what he is trying to help people understand. In all other accounts of Jesus' resurrection, it says in the words, it says in the words, he is risen. But this is the only one that actually uses the words, Jesus is alive. He talks about the angels here saying, why do you look for the living among the dead? In other words, he wanted to make sure that we understood, yeah, this guy was dead and now he is alive. He is risen, he is risen indeed. He is risen, absolutely. So what? He is risen, and because he is risen, what? Well, because he is risen, we have hope. It's not just a tradition, just a story that we think about. In all honesty, because of Jesus being risen from the grave, we as human beings have, have hope. You see, because as Jesus was on the cross paying the penalty for all of our sin, what was taking place, he was opening a door for us to be in right relationship with God once again. Jesus on the cross as he died, rose again from the grave showing that he put death to death. He finished sin. 
so that it would no longer be something for any of us that could keep us from the right relationship with God. So that now for any human being, regardless of the sin of your past, regardless of the decisions you've made, regardless of the way that you've lived, regardless of what you've thought about Jesus in the past, for any human being who places their faith in Jesus for their salvation, they can be in right relationship with God. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he did. He opened the door for us to be with Jesus forever, eternal life. In fact, he talks about this. In the book of John, chapter 11, as he was with his disciples, Jesus said this. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. You see, when we as humans place our faith in Jesus, I can't save myself. I'm a sinful guy. If you knew me, (laughs) you would see the sin in my life. There is no way that I can save myself. The only way that I can be saved is by placing my faith in Jesus, him paying the penalty for my sin so that I can be in right relationship with God. That gives me hope for the future. But here's the thing. Hope for the future isn't the only thing that we are offered. Because he lives, we have hope. We have hope for today, not just for the future. And I don't know about you, um, but I could use some hope for today. And the reason why I bring that up is because I have conversations with people where they're like, man, okay, I get it. I know I placed my faith in Jesus. I know I have hope for an eternal future someday, but like I need hope now because life's kind of hard, you know? And if you're in that place, like I, I get that. I mean, when we look at the world that we're living in with the war that's taking place in Ukraine, I mean, all the way to mass shootings that happened recently in New York City in a subway, I mean, for some of us, we continue to deal with the ramifications, all that has taken place over the last two years and mental health issues that our kids, or let's be honest, we ourselves are dealing with. You know, I mean, the polarity of our world as we continue to move farther and farther away from each other, not seeing eye to eye. You know, I mean, with inflation costs going up that cause you oftentimes to be in place where you're like, I'm just trying to make ends meet. And for a lot of us, we're just saying, I could use some hope now. Some of you might realize that in that title, it's not just a cause and effect because he lives, but it's actually the title of an old Southern gospel song, Because He Lives, a song written and and composed by uh, a couple, Bill and Gloria Gaither, back from the 60s and 70s. Actually, last year was the 50-year anniversary of this song. And Bill and Gloria Gaither wrote over 800 different songs for the church, many that are used today, but few that are as famous as this song, Because He Lives. In fact, this song has been recreated by all kinds of different people, from Elvis Presley to CeCe Winans to Tasha Cobbs, Harry Connick Jr., Rudy Perez, David Crowder, Johnny Swim, Carrie Underwood, Anthony Brown, Tori Kelly. The list just goes on and on of people who have recreated this song. The song was actually written to them back at this time in the 60s where the world felt dark. I mean, at that time, in the headlines in the news, every day it was things about a war that was taking place. 
There was all sorts of civil injustice that was happening and injustice, racial injustice that was happening where the civil rights movement was trying to bring things and unearth that within our society, helping people to see things differently and people had different opinions on how that was going. There was all kinds of political things that were taking place, scandals that were happening that continued to pop up. In schools at that time, there was a movement called God is Dead that was moving all throughout the schools. <laughs> I mean, you just think of the darkness of that time. Does any of that sound familiar? And it was in this time that Bill and Gloria actually found out that they were pregnant. And so there was the excitement of a child that they were gonna be bringing into the world, and yet at the same time, <laughs> they were looking at each other going, how do we bring a child into the world that we're living in right now? And that particular New Year's Eve, as Gloria was pregnant, she found herself home alone on, on New Year's Eve, and she was thinking back of the year that they had just experienced and looking to the year in the future, and it was in that moment that God began to give her the words to this famous song. And, and, and many of them came from a passage of scripture that she was studying at that time, John chapter 14, which is a passage where Jesus is spending time with his disciples the night that he is about to go to the cross. And in that moment, as you look at this passage of scripture, one of the things that Jesus said to his followers, John chapter 14, verse 19, is because I live, you also will live. It was in that moment the words just began to come to her. Months later, she had this child and she tells a story and quotes kind of what took place there. She said that when the nurse laid that little guy in our arms, it was an aha moment of sorts. We came to realize that we don't get married, make a home, have babies, and go about our lives because the world is stable. When has it ever been stable? We live our lives with confidence because the resurrection is true. We held our son and said, we can do this. We can raise this child in this unstable world because of the power of life. Life wins. And because our Lord is alive, we can trust him with our future. See, Bill and Glory, when they wrote that song, I mean, they go on to tell that they honestly, they thought this song, they had just written it just for them just as an encouragement for them in the midst of this time. And yet as the song <laughs> began to kind of leak out, well, let's just say it began to explode. And it became a song that has been written in just about every language in the world, sung in every country in the world. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know that he holds the future and this life is worth the living just because he lives. You see, the thing that Jesus did when he rose from the grave, his resurrection displays the fact that Jesus is the one who has power over everything. He defeated death. He conquered sin. He is alive as king of the universe. And he actually tried to explain this to his disciples after he had risen from the grave. Matthew chapter 28, as he's with his followers and he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's all in my power now. And later on he says, and surely I am with you always. For those of us who have placed our faith in Jesus, he's the one who holds all the cards 
all the power, all the authority. And he promises that in every circumstance, every situation that we walk through life, every dark moment, he's with us. And that gives us hope. You know what that looks like for me when I think of my own life? When I think of my life, I think, well, because he lives, (laughs) I know I'm forgiven. And my sin does not define me. I know that I have hope. I know that I have a future. I know that now because of he lives, because of that, I get to call the God of the universe dad. That's hope for the future. You know what it does for me just in hope for right now? Hope to make it to tomorrow? So I've got two daughters. Both of them are in college. One is about to finish grad school at the University of Georgia. And uh, she called us recently to let us know that she, in fact, actually was just offered her first job which she accepted. She's gonna be an elementary school teacher, third grade, move in that direction. And we had always thought, man, we cannot wait until we hear that she's going to be a teacher and all of that's gonna take place and she's gonna come back to Wisconsin and that's gonna happen and it's gonna be amazing. And she said, oh yeah, and by the way, the job that I took, yeah, it's right near the University of Georgia here in Athens. And all of a sudden I realized that my daughter is beginning her life of adulting 13 hours away from us right now. My other daughter uh, goes to Iowa State who uh, just recently beat Wisconsin men's basketball team and that's a conversation for another day. I'm still getting over that, but uh, (laughs) she is going to do missions work this summer for the entire summer in in a country in East Asia that I'm not allowed to say right now for safety issues. That feels really good. And so I look at these situations just as a dad, just standing here as a dad. And I'm going, okay, I got one daughter who's 13 hours away. And I got another one who's gonna be halfway around the world. <laughs> and it can be really easy for me just as a dad just to kind of start worrying. See, because Jesus lives, I don't have to worry about my daughters because I know that he knows the future. And he's the one who said, I'll be with you always. See, we, we have a God who sent his son to this world to conquer death and finish sin. And he rose from the grave. Somebody should say amen to that. Amen. And, it's, and it's because he lives that we have real hope. Hope for the future. Hope for today. And because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know oh, oh, he holds the future and life. Savior, 
And because he lives, we all can live too. Come on, let's tell the story. God sent his son, they called him Jesus. He came to love you and
Because of gravity, peeps fall down. Because he lives, we have real hope. Hope for the future, and hope for today. Let me pray for us. Lord God, we thank you so much for the gift of your son, Jesus. We thank you for your movement towards us when we couldn't move towards you. And Lord Jesus, we thank you for being the one to come and pay the penalty for our sins and rise triumphantly over death, having conquered sin, all because of your love for us. You, Lord Jesus, are alive. and We celebrate that. We are so grateful it's true. Thank you. What I want to do for a moment, if everybody can keep their heads bowed, eyes closed, I want to talk to a particular crowd of people who are here because maybe you're a person who's going, okay, for the first time, I, I get it. You could be watching online right now saying, for the first time, I get it. I, uh, I know I've blown it in life. I can't save myself and I'm in need of a savior. And today I want to put my faith Jesus. And if that's you, I want to give you the opportunity to make that decision today. There is no greater decision that you could ever make than moving that direction. And if that's a decision you want to make, I just want to lead you in a prayer right now to be able to tell Lord what it is that you're feeling inside. You don't have to say these words out loud, but just in the quietness of your own heart, it's just simply saying, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I don't have the ability to save myself. Today, I want to place my faith in Jesus. Lord Jesus, today, I accept the free gift that you offer me of eternal life. You having paid this penalty for my sin so that I could be in right relationship with God. Today, I make you my savior. I make you my Lord. Thank you, Father, for this free gift of salvation. God, I pray for any person who just prayed that prayer. I pray, Father, that you would do deep work inside of them to help them to know if anything were to happen to them, they would spend eternity with you, not because of anything that we've done, but by everything that you did. 
God, we are so grateful. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. All God's people together said,